This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. And there it is. That's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van. Unstoppable! Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely and control vehicle at all times. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the result, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. You can also get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants, 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. A dramatic pause says something without saying anything at all. Feet deserve a go-to like that. Like Hey Dude Shoes. Light, comfy, good to go to. Drivers who switch and save with Progressive save over $700 on average, and those savings add up. Imagine what you could buy in the future. So, yeah, I used the savings from switching to Progressive 50 years ago to finally buy my dream car. It's a self-driving flying car, but we just say self-flying now. You know, because it's the future, and cars fly in the future. So switch to Progressive and save big, because those savings can add up in the future. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National annual average insurance savings by new customer surveyed who saved with Progressive in 2020. Potential savings will vary. And welcome back to Cottage Talk. I'm Russ Goldman. Joining me right now is Jana Shanaeus. This is our preview episode of Aston Villa versus Fulham at Villa Park. It's on Sunday. It's a huge match. Every match is a huge match right now. It's been a few weeks. Giannis, how are you doing? And uh, are you looking forward to a preview and the upcoming match? Hey, Russ. Um, the, yeah, it's, uh, international break was entertaining. With a lot of goals going on. Uh, Mitro scoring goals for fun and yeah. uh, got to witness uh, Canada score 11 in the World Cup qualifying here, which was really actually as bad as it sounds. Um, <laughs> but uh, looking forward to the Premier League and um, it's going to be an interesting weekend. We've got Villa's going to be a really good chance for us to exact some revenge from what was a horror short show when we played him down at the cottage earlier this year. Oh, it was terrible, Giannis. It was awful. And it's funny because I was looking back at the team that played in that match compared to the team now, and it's really night and day. And, uh, you know, it's interesting. I was listening to a podcast this morning, uh, a Villa podcast, one that I actually enjoy. And uh, it's interesting about it because uh, obviously it's uh, Villa-centric and they're going to predict a Villa victory. But I just had this underlining feeling that uh, the two hosts of the show really haven't watched Fulham and uh, because – I think they understand that this is not the same team, but uh, it's a completely different team. And uh, 
we'll see how things go this week uh, with this match. But to get us going, Giannis, and uh, I was actually pretty vocal on the last episode, and you actually commented on this. So I thought this is where we could start as we look forward to this upcoming match. We're going to talk about the last match because I was very disappointed. And I'm going to explain again why, and I want to talk a little bit about it because it goes to the theme of the rest of the season. And I actually want Fulham to prove me wrong because in the last episode, I, I said that Fulham were going to be relegated and Aston, sorry, not Aston Villa, but the uh, Leeds match was going to be the one that we're going to look back at. And the reason why I went there, Giannis, is because I looked at Leeds United and thinking, okay, this is a team that they really should be beating at home. I know there are no fans there, but it's a team that I felt strongly about that this is a team that they need to beat. It was one of the four matches that I thought, okay, I'm penciling in. They have to win this. And it also goes to the theme of the rest of the season. They're going to be playing against teams that press them, and they struggle against it. And I'm thinking, okay, they have to figure this out. So for me, the fact that they haven't, this is the reason why I came out so strongly. I haven't changed my mind on it, but I am – Happy to be proven wrong on this, Giannis. I want Fulham to prove me wrong. I want Scott Park and the players to prove me wrong, to beat teams like Southampton, to beat teams like Burnley that are going to make it difficult on them, not let them play. Aston Villa might be a little bit different, but that's why I came out so strongly. I know you watched the show. What are your thoughts about what I'm sharing now and what I said back then? I mean, I, I, I don't – I understand – I under, I understand your angst after the Leeds game. It was disappointing, and we, you know, we, we let in a soft goal. We we managed to come back in the, the game, but Leeds United, um, I didn't seem as though we'd learnt too many lessons because they're but they're the only team in the division that will do what they do in terms of that high press, yeah, and that extreme extreme high uh, press, extreme high press, extreme athleticism never giving you any time or any space to do anything. And that's um, something that we're not used to and something that obviously we're not comfortable with. And, um, you know, you can have bad games like that. I mean, because I, I, I thought, well, our next game's Villa. We're unbeaten away from home, eight, yep. eight games. And, um, you know, they talk about timing of international break. And managers will often say, well, you know, international break is going to be a little bit of a problem. But... Um, I thought that um, it came at the right time. It gave the, uh, Scotty the chance to work with the players back home, um, to work on some technical stuff. It got the internationals out of the door to reinvigorate and refresh their mind. And if you t- minds, and if you look at all the players and you know their accounts of what the international break has been like, they've all really had successes, which is great. Yep. So I think the timing was fine, and I think there's just going to be t- too many twists and turns. Um, now the focus has to be to, to see if we can get three points up at Villa Park. And I, I don't see any reason why we can't. And, okay. you know, this is a different lineup that, that played Villa at the cottage earlier this Completely season. different. Yeah. And I, and I really do like, um, and I really do like our chances. And, and that's, um, and part of it actually is, 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 is the Grealish factor. Well, I want to talk about that because when we get to our preview, I'm going to ask you the question. Is it a bad thing or a good thing that Grealish is playing? Because I, I thought about this. It, you know, again, I, your first blush is, well, it's a bad thing that he's playing. But is it really? And we'll talk about that because I'm curious your view on Grealish playing. Could that actually help Fulham? I know that sounds strange to say, but I definitely want your thoughts on it. But, but as we're talking about this and talking about 
Villa, and Villa is different than the other teams I was talking about, but I, I can't get off of that Leeds United match. So I'm going to ask you, why do you think Fulham struggle against teams that press them? Why? I, th- I think it's because it's uh, it takes them away from their comfort level. They want to have lots of touches on the ball. They want to be able to work their way through the zones one, two, three, four, but they want to do it in their own time. And then all of a sudden, if you are a, a team that likes to press, whether it's low, moderate, or high, um, you're giving players a lot less time on the ball. And you could see that against Leeds, we were in a lot of trouble because we just didn't seem to have a lot of time on the ball. And notwithstanding the fact that the cottage is a small small pitch. Right. And um, it's a sort of pitch where you can, that can work um, and you can have a lot of fun with it. Uh, it's something that um, you've got to be... You've got to be quick of speed, but quick of thought. And against Leeds, and I think that's part of a lot of the frustration of fans, was that we knew what they were going to do. Exactly. Um, that's my frustration. We knew what they were going to do, and they didn't have a counter for that. They didn't have a counter because, again, with all of that pressing, there has to be open space, Giannis. Why could they not figure that out? That's a great That's a great point. And I know um, it, it, it's because you can plan and plan and plan. But once the whistle's blown, you're there. And um, Leeds did what Leeds do well and, and very well. They they gave it, made life misery really for us. I mean, they, as soon as we got the ball, we, they were like packs of hounds. And hit, you know, with Bielsa barking as he was on the sidelines, um, he made life very very diff- difficult um, for us. We couldn't get settle into any pattern at all. Um, but uh, you know that's the only team we're going to play for the rest of the season. To that, that level, of that elk, yeah. And I, that's what you know. I look at the rest of the season, and with the players that we've got coming back and and um, the relative form, I think I think it's a good matchup with Vela. Okay. And um, it's it's um, we've got a point to prove because that one of the very low points of our season, I think, with Russ was at home defeat to Villa. I think we was yep. we were poor. And uh, it'd be lovely to get revenge. What perfect timing, chance of going, getting out of the bottom three this weekend. Absolutely, Giannis. And, you know, again, just talking about this, and I know that you said that no one's going to be doing the high press, but we also struggle against Southampton. I'll even say Burnley, teams that will not give us the space that we normally get. So what is the solution? What, what does Scott need to do to get into the players? Is it on the players? Is it on Scott? Is a little bit of both. What is the solution to that issue? of dealing with the press? I think Burnley is slightly different. I mean, the, 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 the thing that, that um, Burnley um, do press, but they're just, they're just an incredibly hardworking team. Yep. And um, they, uh, what I really do like about their, their, their team and their setup is how disciplined they are. And they all seem to, they all seem to have a role. I mean, you've got an England goalkeeper in there in, in Pope. Um, but you've got someone like as young as Dwight McNeil, who is part of the England and under-21 setup, who, you know, has, who has the skill and temperament and the setup to, to, you know, to go high places, but plays with the discipline and the work rate to buy into the system, you know, for the betterment of the team. And that's a lot of that is to do with the coach. So it's, it involves now a lot of preparation. The one good thing for us now is that we don't have any international breaks for the end of the season. Every game is going to be a cup final. Uh, I don't believe that we've come back with any injuries from the international break. No, Scotty so said we're we're fine there. We're pretty fine. So now the decisions that Scott has to make now is what are we going to do in terms of 
um, putting together a lineup for each specific game. Yeah. You say, okay, uh, can we win? Um, can we win this game with the lineup I can put out? And I think there's going to be, I think the problem that he's going to have is with Mitro's, um, you know, ridiculous international break. Yep. Uh, that he's he's going to have to fa- find a way. Um, you know, as he, if he can, to get him back in the lineup, and what's that going to look like? I know that the Fulham, Fulham fans are clamouring for him. Um, I, I mean, is it going to work? Um, I would like to think so, but you know, it's uh, what do I? I mean, what do we know, Russ? <laughs> I hear you, my friend. I hear you. That's going to lead me to to talk a little bit about Mitro because Mitro is doing so well, Giannis. He did so well during the international break. So we're going to look at this two ways. But before we do that, because I'm, I want to start with the pros of starting Mitra, okay? And then we'll talk about the cons. But I did a I did a poll. I had a good amount of votes. I'm looking at it right now, 418 votes. That's a good amount of votes. Here was my poll question on the Cottage Talk Twitter page. Should Mitra start against Aston Villa? So now I posed this three different ways. No, yes, but with Maja, yes, by himself up front. Yes, but with Maja, being the two of them, 60%. By himself, 36%. No was at 4%. So let's start just your thoughts on the poll because it's obvious that the uh, phone supporters want Mitro to start, whether it's with him by himself. And in the case of the poll, with Maja, more people are thinking with Maja. So what are your thoughts about the poll? This is going to be a very tough call for Russ. For, for Russ, now I'm doing a Russ. You um, just you just did a goal. There you go. <laughs> um, this is going to be a very tough call for Scotty. And I and I, you know, I I had the benefit of watching the three games here, um, and I was particularly impressed with particularly impressed with his performance off the bench against our, uh, Republic of Ireland. Yeah. Um, I mean, I really think that um, somebody we've missed for the last couple of games that nobody's talked about. Is oh, Bobby I know who you're going to say. Yeah. And, and congratulations to him. His, his, his partner gave birth to a baby boy yesterday. Yep. Uh, but he's now available for selection. And, I, and so I was thinking about this last night and wondering, you know, is there a scope maybe to put, to start with a top two of um, Mitro and Dekadova Reed? Possibly. I actually, yeah, I actually feel, I feel that... Um, Maja will be the odd one out tomorrow. Okay. Uh, I do. I think that um, Maja's not done anything wrong. I mean, he scored two against Everton, da 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 but Doesn't he but, fit kind of how Scott, Scotty wants to play? Because, again, we'll talk about the cons, but the pros are, you know, and again, you know, curious your view on, obviously, Mitro's on fire right now, scoring the goals. And, and I, I do understand where you're going with Bobby Dekadovri because I've seen a lot of people mention that we probably have missed him. I'll also say we probably have missed Tom Kearney as well. But for you, what are the pros of starting him? Obviously, the goals, you know, and taking advantage of what's going on. But what are your thoughts? Are, are there any other pros to starting Metro against Aston Villa? I think it would be an emotional. It's an it's an emotional decision. But but for me, he's on in on an absolute high. He's just become Serbia's highest ever national goal scorer. So you're feeding um, off of that. You're feeding off that incredible energy and the cloud nine thing. Now, you know, you, you have to contextualize it as well. I mean, you know, he, he's done incredible things for Serbia. It's not forget yep. Serbia was part of 
uh, Yugoslavia for um, for many many years post uh, World War One. So you know Serbia, Bosnia, Croatia, Slovenia, North Macedonia. What a result that was against yep. uh, Germany, Kosovo. Um, these are nations that did not exist before uh, World War One. Right. Um, and um, World War Two, they became part of U- Yugoslavia. So, um, you know, it's that Serbian pride p- piece. So right now he can walk on water. It doesn't matter what happens. And I think Scotty likes to talk about players being brave, and I think he's brilliant at doing that. But I think yep. this is one where he's going to, when he sits down with the coaches uh, tonight and this tomorrow. This is a huge decision, by the way. I, I think it is a huge deciding decision. on if he starts – I think is massive. And we're going to learn a lot when that lineup comes up an hour before, but go on there, Giannis. I think he has to be brave in his decision-making in terms of, I mean, if you, if you, if you, you know, sort of asked me, what would I do? I would pick Mitro, not because of, because to me, he did little against Leeds, but he's gone away and he's got, he's done. He's just gone. He's gone bananas. Yep. And for that reason, uh, you could tell with the interviews, his reactions to the goals, the interviews after the games, um, he is ebullient. He's on top of yep. the game, on top of the world. Nothing, he couldn't be happier. And you have to have a happy Mitro for whatever No, I reason. agree with all that. I so then t- we'll put him out there, stick him out okay. there, and for, stick him out there, um, stick him out there for an hour. And then you could put Josh Madger out there and see if he can go and kick lumps out of Tyrone Mings, which I would actually enjoy. <laughs> um, but I, I, I don't – and Dekard Reed, I think we've missed because he's just – he's arguably the hardest working player we've got. He's, 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 um, he's a In many ways, Giannis, I know they're different players. They're extremely different players. But it's a player that you can use in several different ways. Bairdinia, you know, just – yeah. you know, it's someone like Chris Baird who – you don't realize what he offers because he can play so many different positions. And, you know, like I said, with Bobby Decker, Reed, it's the work rate. It's, it's the commitment. That's yeah, the commitment. to me, the comparison with someone like Berdino who just gave you everything that you wanted and just did everything for the team. He's a team player. A and Bobby Decker, Reed is the exact same way. And that's why I understand why you're mentioning that. But before we move on from Metro, let's talk about the cons of starting Metro. And there are two that stand out to me, and I want to get your thoughts on one is I don't know if he really fits how we like to play, Giannis, how Scott Parker wants to play, because I think he is not as quick in the way Fulham really wants to play. I think he wants a a quick striker up there like Amaja, and that's not Metro. Metro is a different type of striker. The other thing, and this to me, again, if he starts – they have to find ways to get him involved, and that involves the crossing, the service. He has been starving. We had uh, Gordon Davis on a while ago, and he was talking about living off of scraps. He can't live off of scraps. Yes, this is to me goes in the con category because the service for Metro has been horrific for anyone in there. But I also think it does involve the style of play. So what are your thoughts about the cons of starting Mitro? Because, again, there's – I understand the pros, but there are cons to this as well. Yeah, and that's another one that drives me – that keeps me up at night because, 
if you look at someone like Anthony Robinson, I think Anthony Robinson, you know, overall has had a very good first year in the Premier League. But his crossing is just it's just zero. I mean, it's this. It's just it's. So the the question then one of the questions is going to be how do you look at the fullback situation? Exactly. You have to keep an eye on McGinn because McGinn, um, uh, McGinn is is I think in many ways the backbone of villain. Well, he yeah. has been since British has been away. Do you play with Ina uh, and Tati and just say, look, just get crosses in and cause absolute bloody mayhem? I mean, exactly. Is, I don't think any. I don't think there's any reason why we shouldn't. But again, Scott is going to have to be brave. He's got. He talks about the bravery of players. He's going to have to be brave. Exactly. He's That's a great to, point. He has to be brave too. He has to be brave, and he's going to have to look at this and say, okay, I've got to do something a little different here because we desperately need a result. So I'm curious as to how this is going to play. I, I'm convinced Magic doesn't start tomorrow, though. I, I don't believe he does. Okay. Um, because I'm sure he's had a, a good international break, but I think we need to be a little bit more expansive and um, we need to also play off confidence. The other thing I'm really going to be curious to see is see how Loftus-Cheek um, has reacted to the two weeks off. Um, he didn't cover himself in glory in the Leeds game. Um, but you know the quality is there. It's there, um, and could it be beneficial to Mitro having oh, him in there? Because, again, they, they experimented with Angisa in a more advanced role, Giannis, and against Leeds. It, it just didn't work. No. No, it didn't. And I, I, I keep waiting for Loftus. I mean, it's it's... I don't, it's so frustrating because you can see that you can see the, you know, just the body strength. He can read a game. He's got all the athletic prowess. Yep. He's, I mean, you could see. It. I mean, you could see it. You could see the qualities yep. there. Yep. For whatever reason, it's just not worked. It's. Yep. it's but maybe eight games to go, he's going to finally show us the real Loftus cheek. Right, and you know, I'm just sharing a c- couple comments here. We got from Steve Reynolds Need Service. To them both, he's talking about the possibility of playing Nacho with Mitro. Crosses have been a problem all season, and that's true. And, and this goes to to Steve Lidyard, one of our co-hosts. Nacho playing off the shoulder of Mitro could be deadly. What are your thoughts about that? Yep, that can work. I mean, that's one of the permutations that um, Scotty's had two weeks to prepare for. Um I just, I'm not sure, you know, the novelty of Madger was the two goals against Everton. He has worked hard, but I just, do we trust that he can nick one out of nothing to make a difference in the game? You know Mitro yep. can, and they could, could overread has scored goals. And don't forget, talking about highs, Yep, this guy has become a dad for the first time. So when um, you're first born, you never forget, oh. because you're, you're like that. Yeah, so he's going to be. Yeah. We know that, my friend. Yeah, it's, so he's going to be. He he's walking on water. So you got players out there that are just going to be like, like, confident and pumped and ready to ready to rock. Yep. And that's why I don't think they could ever read as a bad shot to play. Okay, Giannis. All right, good stuff. All right, before we do our preview, get really into it and really want, want to talk about it. You and I were talking about something off air that I that I want to talk about that I've been thinking about a great deal. And uh, it involves the Riverside stand. And what's interesting about this is uh, we've all seen the pictures. We're all starting to get excited. And, uh, you know, it got me to think about situations here when um, 
new stadium is built and what ends up happening once you hear the ticket prices. So I want to get your thoughts on this because, again, as we see the pictures and as it gets closer, I've not heard any news on ticket pricing. And um, so I'm, I thought we should start the conversation. Hopefully we'll start to get news uh, as we get closer to the end of the season about the ticket prices for the new Riverside stand. But the question is, what will the prices be for seats in the, in the new Riverside stand? I know it also involves what division we're going to be in. But when you build something new, I just have a feeling that, that the ticket prices are going to be fairly high. My, my question is, will the cons mix it with some more affordable pricing? But I'm concerned for the foam supporters because I, I have no idea what the price is going to be, Honest, I just know when you build something new, you should be, in the back of my mind, thinking, expecting the prices to be fairly high. If the, the, the pandemic has, has uncovered many inequalities, and um, you know, I, to me, I think you're going to, I think you're going to hit a, hit a watershed moment in terms of lower league football and also non-league football, because families are going to be priced out of upper upper level football. Yes, and that's the thing that's always worried me. Um, a game of football is a game of football. You love your you love your Fulham and da da da. da. But there's also the money. A lot of people lost their jobs. Many people have become very sick. And um, and we're now going over here. We just had, they just announced the lockdown here um, for the third wave, and things are really really grim over here right now. It's it's, it's very very tough. Um, when the stand comes out, the Khans have got a very interesting situation here, and they really yeah. and and it's something. It's one of those you know we can talk about all the beams and all the seats and all the views and and the Thames and da da da. But you know that the, the, there's an elephant in the room, and the elephant in the room is going to be the cost. cost exactly. Of and um, you know the cons are going to want some, some. They're going to want to get some claw back on their investment. Uh, a lot is going to depend on if we stay in this division. Yeah. If we stay, I'm going to throw. I'm going to throw a figure, and I'll be prepared to be yelled at. Um, I, I, I'd like to think that. Um, you know, if you could have reasonably priced seats, um, taking into account the concession stands and the setup of that whole stand and, and you know, all the extra money that they can make, I would be looking at a bench um, level of something like I'm going to throw forty yep. pounds out. I'm going to throw forty pounds out, forty quid. Yep. I, I have a bad feeling it won't be that. I think it'll be higher. Yeah, I, 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 I'd like to see 40. I think, so. I think you're right. But you might be looking 50, 60. Now, Chelsea yeah. is the most expensive ground in the UK. Um, this is going to be a nicer stadium than Stamford Bridge. Um, but if I'm taking, you know, if I'm taking my family to watch Fulham play, I, I'm taking my family to watch Fulham play. And I don't want to be priced out of the market. Um, I, I don't... Um, I want to go and watch my team play. Exactly. And, um, so I, I am. I think it's. It does worry me, Russ, because um, when the prices get released, you know there's going to be a lot of pushback. Oh. And, and this is, as I said, this is the calm before the storm. This is we the elephant all, in the room that we we haven't really talked about. But again, as we get closer, I just started thinking about. There's been no talk on this. And as someone that actually lived through it over here, and uh, when the 
prices came out, you know, like you said, the reaction was what you would expect the reaction to be. And you just brought up some other points, Giannis. With Fulham, with the pandemic, it's a difficult decision of how to price this out and obviously what division we're going to be in. But uh, it's going to be interesting how they're going to figure this out. And will they tier it? Will there be certain costs for, say, the higher higher uh, you go up? Will they tier it? You know, and again, the, you know, the, there's going to be some interesting things that they have to figure out. But I just wanted to start the conversation because it's something I've been thinking about. And again, I, I don't live in London. I, I don't have access to going to the matches. I wish I did, but I think about the Fulham fans and I'm thinking about, oh, I hope it's going to be affordable enough that they can sit in this brand new stand that the, that the uh, we're going to have that's going to be beautiful. I hope that they're not priced out. That's been my concern. I think that's a great point, and I'm and, that, and I am I am worried about that because um, it, I almost think that the, the cons might be compelled in light of what has been happening here, and with the, obviously with the vaccinations and everything else that's going on and the impact it's had on the British economy, the impact it's had on travel, yep. um, just livelihoods, just, just the whole gamut. I think it's almost incumbent on the Khans for the first year or two of the opening of the stand to offer, um, as you suggested, the tiered approach to pricing. Yeah. But I also think it would be really nice if the ownership can um, almost – establish um a price floor as opposed to a price ceiling so i think that um you know if they could subsidize i'm thinking subsidizing i really think you need to i think the act of faith can often involve subsidizing seats and much like you see around europe where you know health authorities nurses doctors teachers have been sub you know have been subsidized to go and watch football and I'd really, or, or, I'd like to see subs. I'd like to see extreme subsidies for kids. Yeah. I think that I'd like to see extreme subsidies. Actually, if, if I if okay, call me crazy, but if it was down to me, I wouldn't charge old age pensioners to come to, to football grounds. I think they've served their time. I think they've been taxpayers for 40 50 60 70 years. They followed their Fulham all those years, right? And you know they're on fixed incomes, and so. Uh, how about what better way to give back to those 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 um, those old people that have followed their their? Well, see, this more. is a great idea, and I hope you know. And again, maybe the powers that be are watching this, and that's why another one of the reasons why I wanted to have a conversation, start the conversation rolling about this, is that I think that there are factors that the cons should take into consideration. You're Absolutely. talking about it, and you, like you said, the uh, the older fans, you know, think about them. Think about the um, the younger fans too. Families. There are a lot of things to take into consideration, and it's going to be a wonderful stand that's going to help them for generations to come. And there's potentially uh, a win-win here. Like I said, for Fulham, maybe in the first couple of seasons with the Riverside Stand to look at it in a way to maybe tier it, where you can have some affordable tickets for some fans and then you, you could still have high price tickets for for other fans but if you tear it in a way that it, it lets all fans have a chance to sit in the riverside stand i think that would be great i you know and again 
that's one of the reasons why I just wanted to start the dialogue about this because at some point we're going to get ticket pricing and uh, I think we need to start the conversation now. Anyways, coming up next, Giannis and I are going to preview this upcoming huge match for Fulham against Aston Villa. Okay, my friend, let's get to it. Let's just start with your opening thoughts on Aston Villa this season. And, uh, you know, it's interesting because we'll talk about Jack Roos coming up next. But let's just I want to get your overall thoughts on Villa. I'll just share this with you. They survived last season. And because if I'm looking at Fulham, that's all I want Fulham to do. I actually, believe it or not, you know, it's funny. We had this thing last season, you know, Villa are doing a Fulham. Well, I actually want Fulham to do a Villa. I know that's going to sound strange to say, Giannis. I want them to survive this season, and I want them to do what Villa have done this season, build on this. I have to give Aston Villa a lot of credit. They they had a foundation, and they built up that foundation from just staying in the league. We just want Fulham to stay in the league. I've actually been impressed with what they've done, but you know, it's, it's interesting looking at them because they are a different side without Grealish. He now returns. What are your overall thoughts on Villa? They played well, but oh, I'm going to get stick for this if there's any Villa supporters watching. So, but they shouldn't even be in the division. Okay. You know, last year in the Hawkeye with Sheffield United, the, was the point that got turned over. Yep. That meant that Bournemouth went down and Villa stayed up. You know, Bournemouth yep. lost an Eddie Howe who done incredible things for them. The Cherries are, you know, they're a nice, they're a nice club, small club, well run. Um, and just that, just and it's sort of the irony of that talking to which is that the VAR will be in champ will be in the championship next year. It was announced yesterday, oh. which is yeah. <laughs> so if we go down <laughs> something, some, something else to look forward. To. They've done well. They've done well. I mean, they've, they got, their, they've, they've got their they've got their stud. Um, they've got their stud in Grealish and Grealish. Yep. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna criticize his wonderful watch. You know, you've had this. You've had the emergence of, of Mings. Mings has had a good season. I think Matty Target, who we love, has played well. Uh, Matty Cash, a couple of injuries, played well. John McGinn, I think it's been an absolute revelation yep, from this you year. You mentioned Murray. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um, they picked up Ollie Watkins from the Brentford, uh, and he's. I mean, Jesus, he got a he got a, he got a call up for England. You know. Um, I mean, you know. I mean, fair cop scored a goal. Yeah. Right. Mind you, it was against Mancerino, but there you go. Um, they've got a lot of ability there. I mean, you sort of have a rough idea what their and they, their lineup is, and they've got one of the very best goalkeepers in the division, Martin. Yep. So, Dean Smith's done a good job there. I've got no complaints about what he's done. Yeah, yes. you know, of course, we always have that memory of the Tom Kearney goal at Wembley, and um, the, the memory of uh, John Terry looking mopey <laughs> and zoby at the end of the game. Yeah. I won't forget. But um, they've done well, mid-table. They have done well. Yeah. But as we found out this year, you know, um, Sheffield United under Chris Wilder did tremendous stuff last year. And then this year, they just couldn't get going. And sometimes, it, you know, um, they look pretty good now. But come the fall, I mean, anything can go south in a hurry. Uh, it's going to be a, good, a difficult game, but I'm, I'm buoyed by the fact that we're so good away from home. We seem to be very comfortable. Villa Park is a bigger pitch. I think that um, benefits Fulham. Big time. And they're not and they're not they're not really a press side. And no, they're not. The first time we played them we were it was shocking. Well, I mean, let's talk a little bit about that, Giannis, because 
I know that we're going to get a lot of those supporters that are probably going to watch this and, you know, curious our views on this, but, and I will tell my friends and I have friends that, that support Aston Villa. You kind of have to throw that first matchup out because we're definitely not the same team at all from that team. So I don't know how much you can learn from that. You know, if, if you're going to judge that match because we were shocking then, but look at the team now. It's so different. And I was actually watching a Villa podcast right before we came on here. And, you know, to their credit, I think it was the Villa view. They were talking about how Fulham don't give up many goals now. Because, again, if you look at those three goals, you know, there might be some Villa supporters who haven't been following Fulham that think that, oh, they should be able to score three or four against Fulham. This is not the same Fulham team they played at the beginning of the season. Well, I my response about that to be is to if you're the if you if you're the supporter of any Premier League team, and you think you're going to go out and knock in four against the Premier League team, you need to stick your head in the toilet. Because because there are no, I mean we've been, obviously we've seen, you know Southampton lose nine nothing again this this year, but the but the games are. You know the games are very, very competitive. I wouldn't ever dare turn around and say, "Well, Sheffield United is a gimme three. I mean, they made it tough yep. for us at the cottage, as they did up at uh, up in Yorkshire. Um, West Brom have given us trouble. Um, Brighton and Hove Albion were near the bottom for the longest time, but we've got lots of quality. Burnley, the same sort of stuff as well. The one team that that, that really, really is struggling down there. Is Newcastle, but even if you're playing Newcastle, I wouldn't think oh, we're going to go down there and stuff them three, four, nothing. Yeah, it's but it's, it's it's. I think that I think, you know, to me that's born out of abject arrogance, because any team can be any, you know, unless you're City, of course. Um, the, all the games team tend to be competitive. There've been lots of yeah. really really results, and you know, as I, as I said, if, it, if Villa fans need reminding, what money would you've gone that North Macedonia would go to Germany and beat them one nothing? <laughs> I mean, it's, just, right. it's or two one. It's an it's a. I mean, like, it is a. It's an even more remarkable result than you want to know. Oh, I, again, I, it's, right. it's, the Massies were part of Yugoslavia for many many years. Yep. They're only a really a recently created country. Look at Luxembourg going to the Aviva and beating Republic of Ireland one nothing. Yeah, I mean, it's World War Seven over there in, in the Republic. They're going. It's the worst result in our history. Right. Uh, well. If you take teams lightly and you just snuff your nose out, especially if you've beaten them early in the season, yep. you're you're going to get a shocker. And uh, we are a different team, and we're going to roll our sleeves up. And I think there's a lot of uncertainty about the Grealish thing because it seemed to me like Dean Smith was flip flopping in the press conference yesterday. Yep. Um, the problem that Grealish has is that he had a shin injury. And shin injuries, I mean, is it a sh- true shin injury? Is it a bone bruise, which can be worse? Um, the problem is going to be he, he's coming, he's fit, but he's not match fit. Um, he doesn't, um, he's not had any game time. You know that we're going to try and target that. I'd be shocked if they start Grealish tomorrow. Okay. And, there some, and there's something in that, what he said in, in the presser yesterday, which made me think he may not even get in time because they're still not sure. And we don't know. Well, they the know that they have to manage him somewhat. And I'm reading between the lines. It, it's interesting, Giannis, you bring this up. You know, I guess we'll, we'll only really know an hour before the match. But talking about Grealish is, is, is fascinating because 
they have not been the same team without him. But here's the point that I, I want to ask you about Grealish because when Grealish is Grealish, he, he's phenomenal. You and I have talked about this. Yeah. I don't like some of his theatrics at all. You know, I, I don't like that, but I can't deny the talent that Jack Grealish gives them. But also, in a way, the way he plays, the way Villa play with him, I think actually suit how Fulham play right now. When I look at, you know, it's funny because, again, if you did not know this, you know, hey, Fulham have beaten Liverpool, they've beaten Everton. Why can't they go to Villa Park and beat Aston Villa? That's my point. And I think Grealish, you know, again, returning. And I was looking at some stats that were interesting. Giannis, and I'm going to share share them with you because, again, I think that they also go to the fact that uh, Grealish could be returning, and if he doesn't, we'll, we'll see. But, you know, possession numbers, Fulham and Aston Villa, I believe, you know, and again, I, I wrote it down, and, of course, I'm doing a Goldman, and I th- thought I would – oh, okay. So I'm, g- I'm going to share this with you. Possession in the league, this is according to whoscored.com. Fulham are 11th. Aston Villa are 12th, Giannis. Passing percentage, Fulham are 11th, Aston Villa are 14th. So when I look at some of these numbers and I'm thinking, okay, so possession-wise, we're similar. And I think that actually suits Fulham with or without Grealish. Your thoughts? Yeah, I, I, th- I think it does. I think it does. And, and uh, we've, got to use, we've got to use the momentum we had going into the, that into the Leeds game and that break and the fact that players went off to the international camp is to just to um, you know to to rewind and also you know to reboot and I think that um, I think it helps us that our game is on Sunday. Yeah, I think he's, we said Scotty's had a few days to get him ready and say okay, look, this is what we need to let's you know we can't worry about Grealish. We we look. No, I mean he's. I mean we know he's that. I mean we know he's that good, but but let's, he's not going to be match fit. So yeah. uh, I don't. I think be, they'd be stupid to risk him. Uh, bring him off the bench for sure. Okay. Um, they've got some quality in there, but um, it's how do you play in the, with the psyche of players? I mean, he, a lot of them will probably go. Ah, we played them this season. This will be this will be easy pickings. Because it really wasn't close, it was, just, you know. But I think that um, it's going to be. They do have to manage him, and don't yep. forget Gareth Southgate was probably picked up a phone and said to Dean Smith, "Look, um, I know you're doing what you're doing to do what you do, but I'm going to need him for the Euros. We don't have World Cup qualifiers till June, but he's going to be an integral part of us having a chance to win the, to, you know, to compete in the Euros this year." And um, please manage his time accordingly. And I think um, when you've got a talent like that, you've got yep. to. Uh, who, I mean, he's uh, to me, he's the best England player I've seen since Paul Gascoigne. I remember you, you said that. Yeah. That's why, yes, again, is. this is huge yeah. praise for you to talk about Grealish this way. And, you know, and I understand that. And that's why, you know, it's funny because I really thought about Grealish and I've watched a lot of him and he really is that talented. He really is. And, uh, <laughs> But then when I was thinking about this upcoming match, I'm glad that you part of, brought up the uh, point of uh, not being match fit. I, I think that's a factor. And I also think it's a factor in how Aston Villa play. And I also think, you know, and again, how Fulham play on the road away from Craven Cottage. I, th- I think Fulham are a different side. And, and if Grealish plays, I don't think it's, you know, 
a bad thing for Fulham. I, I you know, he's a good player, but I think, uh, you know, I don't think it affects how Fulham are going to play in this match one way or another. If he doesn't play, okay. If he does play, I, I think Fulham are going to be ready to play against this opponent. I think they actually match up well against Aston Villa. So that's going to lead me to, to ask you this, Giannis, because we always talk about how does Fulham win this match, but I also want to look at it. How does Aston Villa win this match? What do they have to do to get all three points at Villa Park? Then, then we'll focus on Fulham again. Uh, go to the wrong football ground. No. <laughs> Um, how do they win? Uh, not be complacent. I think Villa do have a lot of weapons, but um, a lot of it is the psyche. Again, coming back from that international break, yep. and they'll go, all right, we got now. Oh, Fulham. Oh, yeah, 3 And they haven't been playing well, let's be honest. No, no, no they haven't, and, and we, all, we all know why. So right. uh, they've got players that worry me for sure, but um, I think they they will try and feed off the defeat that we had against Leeds, but saying that, you know, this is the beauty again of the international break. Yep. Um, coaches will often moan about it. They, they hate it. Um, publicly, they'll say that, but privately, a lot of them go, Oh, thank God. It's a bit, in a way, it's a bit of a breather. You know, it's not, you know, no games for 14, 15 days. I can cancel a couple of practices. I can, you know, I can do more chit chats with the players, see where they're at. Do more testing, fitness testing, all that sort of stuff. It's not about, and it's not a bad thing. I think it's, it's, I think it's a, a reboot for the for the coaches, and um, I think that um, Villa can't take us lightly. I think no. if, if they do, then they're going to come a cropper. I really yep. do believe that. I totally agree. Yeah. Okay, let's flip it. Let's focus more on form before I get how form can win this match. Key players against Aston Villa for Fulham. Um, it's tempting to say Mitro because I, it's tempting to say Mitro. I think if Mitro plays in the same vein he did in the in, 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 the, in, the, um, in, in the international break, we found our little champion there. Um, I just think we have to. I, I, I have a. Um, I, have a fit, I mean, I really need to see a big performance from Ruben Loftus-Cheek. I was just thinking Ruben Loftus-Cheek. Yeah, I think, and I'd like, I yeah, think he's, he's going to start. I think he could be very important in this match if he plays, if he starts. We do need, we do need him to start. Yeah. And I do, and Bobby Dekadoverita, I think, is going to be key as well. Okay. He, we've missed him. Um, it's crazy to say that, but I, I know you're right. I know you're right. You know, we haven't been the same without him, and, you know, you would think, well, why would Fulham suffer without Bobby Deckard Overy? But he's been an integral part to how Fulham play. You know, he's yes. just a team player. He just does his job, as as I would say over here with my team, the Nova Patriots. He just does his job. All right, Giannis, let's get right to it. How do, how do Fulham win this match? Kick seven bells out of Grealish. Um, <laughs> I knew you were going there. Oh, I, think we ju- I think we just play our normal game. I think we play our... our um, Slow but steady, build up, keep possession, um, make sure that we are better. We, we do have much better defensive shape than we did in the first game. Yep. And maintain that, um, get a foothold in the game, which we didn't do back at the cottage. That's right. And then, um, and just let our pattern of play dictate and see if we can, uh, you know, see if we can um, put away whatever chances that we go we, we have. I think uh, we can create chances against this lot. 
I think the Villa are a very different side without Grealish. Yep. And um, I think if we play with the, in the style that we can, I believe we can win. Okay, excellent. Yeah, that's all right. Let's go for your starting eleven for this match, and uh, and also formation. What what would you do if you were Scott? Uh, I think I go four four two. Um, but I'm I'm probably going to flip flip flop like a jellyfish. Okay. Now to kick off, um, Tati, Tati and Ana. Okay. Tosin and Freddie. Yep. Um. Harrison, um, here's the interesting one. Who's going to be yeah. with Harris with uh, Harrison Reed? I put Mario up in front of Harrison. Okay, and I also play. Um, what else do I go? I go. I go Mario with Ruben. Yep. Then it gets interesting. Then I go for no, no, you know, maybe I'd flip it to four three three. So I put Mitro in the middle. Okay, I could do a read on the right. And I am very tempted to play Joe Bryan. Really? Yes, I am. And I, okay. and just because I, if you look at if if Scotty decides he's going to play at Brighton, go okay. We've got to play off the energy of the way Mitro's could eat, run through buildings now. Okay. We need somebody who can get the crosses over. And so wait a minute. So so just so I understand, so you're going four three three. So you're going, going four, three, three, yeah. so you're going Harrison Reed, Mario Lamina. Are you going Ruben Loftus cheek? You're not going yes. Ruben Loftus. What? Yes. Yes. Okay. And then so so the three up front are going to be Mitro in the middle. Did you say Joe Bryan on, on the left? And Bobby Decadover Reed on the right. Yep. Wow. So you're going to leave Luckman out. Yes. Okay. Yes, that's and that's and if that's a huge call, but I'll, I'll tell that you that is what. a huge call. I, I, this is this is my thinking here. Um, Luckman has works very hard. I don't. There's any question about that. The commitments there. But to me, he doesn't. When I watch him, I see lots of shades of Raheem Sterling. And not necessarily the good time kind. Sterling is. Um, um, I think I understand where you're going. On yeah, there. he's lots, lots of skill, lots of speed, but but ultimately you're up there to be a striker, but you're also there to create chances and, and create goals. And I think sometimes his decision making is lacking. Now he's had two weeks to work on the training ground. Yep. Um, it's a gamble, and of yep. course people are going to say that I'm absolutely loopy loo, and that and they're entitled to call me loopy loo, but Joe Bryan. I don't. I just got this gut feeling. This is the sort of game where if you just say, "Okay, JB, go up there, have some fun, get the crosses in for big for big." Boys. We need the crosses, Giannis. We desperately need those crosses in the box. Having said that, Scotty probably won't listen to me. He'll probably put <laughs> Lookman on the left. But I would. But but this is. But this goes back to being the brave thing. I think yep. it's a decision. You could say, "Well, that's a really risky." But is it risky? It's not like I'm saying I'm bringing Tim Ream in for no, no, Freddie no. Anderson, right? It's it's not right. a risk. It's it's um, it's uh, is it going to cost me goals? Um, no, it's not going to cost me goals. No, it's not. It's, it's not going to affect you defensively. It's yeah. actually going to increase the opportunities in a way to get crosses in the box if you did that. That's right. So That's I, I understand. I understand enough. where you're going on it. It's like I said. It's a it's a brave decision, and it's funny because I'm glad that you mentioned this. He talks about a lot 
talking about Parker, about being brave, and you've already said this. Maybe Scott Parker needs to be brave as well. And, that's, and, I, I, and I that's not a bad criticism. It's just he talks a lot about it. Sometimes maybe the manager needs to be brave as well. Maybe we could, maybe, maybe Scotty can call um, Brentford and see if we can get Mark Anders in. No, no, no. no. <laughs> um, I just thought I'd put the Mark Anders No, I, I understand. I understand. I understand what Mark. you meant, my friend. Great stuff. <laughs> Great show, my friend. We do have to wrap it up with predictions. And if you're watching live, you want to share your prediction, please feel free to. Giannis, you said you're feeling confident. So give me mm-hmm. your prediction here. What's your prediction for the match on Sunday? One nothing Fulham. Giannis? I'm going right there with you. I, I said to myself, I'm going to predict 1-0. And uh, I think Fulham are going to keep a clean sheet. I think they're going to score. And I think this is going to add to beating Liverpool on the road, beating Everton on the road. So I'm going to predict a Fulham victory. And this goes back to the beginning of the show. Fulham proved me wrong. It's a different type of team. So this kind of doesn't fall into that category. But – I think if they beat Aston Villa, they are on the path. I want Fulham to prove me wrong. They need to beat Aston Villa to get on that path to Fulham doing that. So I'm saying one nil to Fulham. I, I see it. I see this as a team Fulham can win. All right, here are the predictions. Boy, they, they're coming in here, my friend. Brian Lake has has a draw. Steve Lidyard, two to one. Well, Steve, I like it. Okay, let's see. Ralph Leach has, has a 2-2. I understand that, too. Let's see what else we've got here. Let's see. Oh, oh, have to mention this. This is for uh, Steve. And, uh, Steve, I'm very sorry about your loss. And, and, and uh, I do want Fulham to, to win for your, for your grandmother. And definitely want, want that victory. Let's see what we got here. Let's see. Ronnie Mellon has 1-1. One, one. Oh, this this is a Yanashane special nil nil. I, I can't handle that. <laughs> All right, good stuff, good stuff, my friend. Before we go, final thoughts. Great show. Looking forward. To it. It's been an it's been an incredible international break with it has some incredible results and um, it's been. Um, I, I I look at the fact that uh, Erling Bernard Haaland, the Norwegian striker, the twenty year old. Yep. This, um, today, he, his reps are going to see Real Madrid and Barcelona. Um, and then um, this weekend, he's going to see, they're going to see Chelsea, Man City, oh. uh, Man United and Liverpool. And, and look at it, little old us. You know, the amount of money that is being skewered and thrown around is... Oh, know, I've it's, seen it's, it. It's, 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 it's obscene. Um, but... Um, I'm, I'm looking forward to this. This should be good. Uh, Newcastle have to play the spuds. And um, with uh, Almiron making all those comments in the break about, uh, I wish I could play for a team that fought, that that huge um, uh, survey that went out in Newcastle, 95% of fans wanted um, Steve Bruce turfed. Yeah. Um, they are a dysfunctional wreck of a uh, a team right now. Well, they're there for the taking. Let's just say this. Oh, God, they, yeah. they, they are there. And I know Callum Wilson's returning and, and they have other players that significant players are going to return, but that's a toxic situation right now. So yeah, Fulham have an opportunity here. Like I said, I'll keep saying, I want them to prove me wrong from the last show. Please prove me wrong because Newcastle are there for the taking. Giannis. They really are that. 
that would be my final thoughts on, on this show is that there's an opportunity here because, again, I know I was extremely negative and, and some fans have actually contacted me. They're shocked that I was that negative. It just goes to the issue of the pressing Giannis. That's where I was coming off of. You know, it really was – why can they not beat a team that presses? And that that was my whole reasoning for coming out so strong with that. But I'd be happy to be proven wrong. I, I really would. But Aston Villa is not one of these teams. Aston Villa is not – you know, but again, it's an opportunity, and I'm glad that you brought this up. Why can't they go to Villa Park and win this match? They certainly can. They absolutely can. Anyways – my friend, thank you so much for doing this show with me. I hope you enjoyed it. I certainly did, sir. Let's, let's right. see if we can get three points on Sunday. Uh, let, let's hope so. And I, and I do want to mention this because I, I've been uh, really trying to get people to subscribe to our YouTube channel. Please do because, uh, you know, it's funny. The last episode, the one where I complained and all that, we had a huge amount of people watching it on YouTube. But the majority of them, Giannis, as I found out, were we United supporters. <laughs> I, I, I want film supporters to f- follow us on YouTube. And w- one of the ways that happens is that is if you subscribe to our channel. So please do subscribe to our channel on YouTube. Really would appreciate that. Anyways, let's wrap this up. For Giannis Janais, I'm Russ Coleman. Thank you as always for watching and listening to Cottage Talk. It's the 90th minute. And all to play for at the end of the match. All your mates are around. You've got your McDougat share boxes ready to go. Your mates already got booked for double dipping. And you steal the last nugget. Snatching all three points. Perfect. Order McDelivery now on the McDonald's app. Are you in? I know I'm in. At participating restaurants. 18 plus. Serving times. Delivery fee and terms apply. See McDonald's.com. And there it is, that's as good as it gets on this stage. Nissan Townstar EV strikes again. It's an unstoppable van, unstoppable. Look, just fantastic. You can actually see the ProPilot technology in action. Effortless parallel parking. It moves with all the confidence that comes with a five-year warranty. And with a bench full of all-star van experts, there's real strength in depth here. That's all-star quality. Search Nissan Townstar EV and visit your local all-star van centre to see for yourself. Terms and conditions apply. Five years or 100,000 miles, whichever comes first. ProPilot is an advanced driver assist technology. Driver's responsibility to stay alert, drive safely, and control vehicle at all times. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.